Welcome to Hebrews at Conversation Cafe. I'm Ricky Allen. I believe all relationships matter. They are the greatest treasures. How we maintain them are the greatest legacies. This podcast is a unique brew of real people with real talk about real life experiences. Your journey from relationship dysfunctions and despair to relationship hope and fulfillment starts here. So, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. If you're somewhere sitting, sit back, relax, and be still. Let's get the conversation started. Mama, I don't want to die. These were the words I spoke as my mother clenched my small hands. Lord, Lord, my baby, Mama said as tears ran down her face. Don't cry, Mama. I'll be all right. Lord, Lord, my baby, my baby, she continued as she shook her head and rocked backward and forward. I don't know that I understood death at the tender age of four. However, based on what I'd seen on television, people died when someone shot them. The sound from the red sirens on top of the black hearse was ear-splitting. Ironically, when I was a little boy, my hometown didn't have colorful ambulances. The town used a black hearse to transport people to the hospital as well as to the graveyard. Where was it taking me? Was I on my way to the hospital or the graveyard? You see, in the hot summer of 1967, the shot rang throughout a small, segregated sawmill town that had a census of approximately 9,000 people. It was a summer that I would never forget. My dad had come to Arkansas for his first visit, It was the first time that he would see his four-year-old son, which was me. Dad had sent my mother and brother uh, from Portland, Oregon, back to Arkansas with the promise of coming back for us. This first-time visit would leave scars, scars for a lifetime. The grown folks were in the house and had instructed my brother and me to go outside to play. Mama always told us that kids had no business in grown folk conversations. I could only imagine the conversations between my grandmother, Madea, and a man who had abandoned her 20-year-old pregnant daughter and two-year-old grandson. I could only imagine the conversations between a young mother responsible for raising two boys and a daddy who provided no moral or financial support for his sons. While the grown folks talked in the two-room shotgun house, my brother and I went outside to play as instructed. My dad had parked his car near the front porch. I looked at his car and wondered, how could he have such a fancy car when we had to walk everywhere unless someone offered us a ride? My brother and I got in the car and pretended to take a trip. It was a trip I would never forget. I took my place in the driver's seat. My brother, who was six years old at the time, took his place in the passenger seat. 
And as I pretended to drive, I noticed my brother exploring the car's console and discovering a gun in the console. I knew it was a gun because my brother and I watched Cowboys and Indian movies on television, and we would often play Cowboys and Indians outside. He was always the cowboy, and I was always the Indian. Then I heard. (laughs) Suddenly I felt hot sensation as the bullet entered my body right beneath my armpit and pierced through to exit outside my body cavity, but remain beneath the skin and muscle tissue on my left side, resting slightly beneath my heart. The next thing I remember was lying in the back seat of my daddy's car with a green beach towel wrapped around my bleeding body. Interesting enough, the first ride I took with my dad wasn't a joy ride. It was a frantic trip to the hospital emergency room. My condition was so severe that the local hospital could not care for me. I needed trauma center care. So they summoned the hearse to transport me. Mama and I were in the hearse heading to the trauma center, which was 44 miles away. The situation became worse when the hearse had mechanical problems and broke down midway the trip. Mama, I don't want to die, were the words I spoke to her when the ambulance broke down. She reassured me, baby, it's going to be okay. It was a painful but yet prophetic response. It was okay. Interesting enough, on this day, I had my first encounter with an angel. There was a resident Uh, living up on the hill off of the main road where the ambulance broke down. She saw the ambulance in distress and reported it to the Arkansas State Police. I refer to it now as my angel up on the hill. I remembered a state trooper that I refer to now as my angel in the hat, showing up like Yogi the Bear to save the day placed me in the back seat of his car and completed the journey to the trauma center. I remembered the trauma team that I call my angels in the hospital, compassionately caring for me. Was this the first indication that I wasn't on my way to the graveyard? Was this the first indication that my creator had destined me for greatness and no bullet nor broken down hearse? would stop me from arriving? Was this the first indication that I had angels to help me reach my destiny? You know, at times, life journeys can seem like a symphony of mountains and valleys, smooth roads, rough terrains. At times, it's like a championship boxing match. Round by round, we must endure and fight to win. I recall a man once asking me a question in response to my life struggles. They were pretty public. Uh, I've had multiple failed marriages. I was at a place when um, I just felt that all hope for me was gone. And I share some of these struggles in my book, Can These Bones Live? The question the man asked me was, have you thrown in the towel? And he asked in such a condescending way, I stood there with heaviness of heart and responded, I don't have a towel to throw. As I said this, 
I thought about that green, blood-soaked beach towel that wrapped my four-year-old body. It is the proverbial towel in my life that reminds me that my purpose is much more significant than my perils. Do you ever feel stuck between life and death and feel like you are merely existing? I was fighting to live at four years old and have continued to fight. Jesus said in St. John 10 and 10 that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. My words, Mama, I don't want to die, has increasingly meant more to me as I've learned to live. The thief comes to steal your desire for living, comes to kill your dreams for living abundantly, and he comes to destroy your dominance in living victoriously. So what was I fighting for? I was fighting for my identity. Raised a son of a fatherless child, no one really to guide me, trying to find significance as a male child. I realized that I was fighting, and I still fight to this day for my identity, who I really am. I was fighting for my holiness. You know, there's so much that we can learn by observing the various species in the animal kingdom. I recently read about an ermine. This ermine is a cute little agile animal found in the northern hemisphere. It has shiny black eyes and a beautiful fur, short legs, and a narrow body that's approximately 20 inches long from the tip of his nose to the end of its tail. His fur is rich chocolate brown, except for the body and legs underneath him in the summertime. In the winter, the color of the ermine changes to pure white, broken only by the black on the tip of his tail. If you Google a picture of the ermine, you will be shocked by its appearance. The most unusual characteristic about this animal is its hatred of anything that might spoil its fur. Hunters who know this will fill an ermine's hole with filth and wait with their dogs for the animal to return. Rather than fleeing into a dirty hole, the ermine would fight the dogs to death. It would rather die with a blood-stained coat than live with a dirty one. You must realize the beauty of personal holiness. Fight for it and take great pride in maintaining it. You must fight for your victory. Overwhelmingly, victory is yours through Christ who loves you. Nothing can ever separate you from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither your fears for today or your worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate you from God's love. And in God's love, there is life. So the answer to the question, can these bones live, is a resounding yes. And I hear the words of Jesus as he was talking to Martha, who was mourning the loss of Lazarus, her brother, who had said to Jesus, you know, if you would have only been here, then my brother would not have died. 
Jesus compassionately said to Martha, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Then he asked Martha a defining moment question. Martha, do you believe this? So don't let the thief steal your desire for living. Don't let him kill your dreams for living abundantly. And don't let him destroy your dominance in living victoriously. And not wanting to die, I've come to realize that Jesus gave me life. So then I fight for my identity in him. I fight for my holiness in him. And I fight for my purpose in him. In him, I live, I move, and I have my being. Thank you for joining this episode of He Brews It, a Relate LLC production. To learn more, check out our website, RelateLLC.com, and follow us on social media at Relate LLC. Life is a gift, and how we live is a choice. Remember, there is no better time than now for greater discovery. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary.